That's right, boys and girls. Finally, the Seven Car Podcast has come back to you. I have uh, Sammy Swolak on the mic with me tonight. What we're going to do is we're going to go through this uh, bracket he put together for us. How you doing, Mr. Wolak? Not too bad there, buddy. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, so what brings us here today um, is this bracket you put together. And I just kind of want to go back to, what was it, Sunday night that you put this together? Yeah. So I... I was 100% in line with BGW. He's like, I just need something good to debate. And I feel like you really found something here and that really got people just giving their opinions and, you know, people coming from different eras and new and old. What do you think of this? I mean, who thought one little comment, like HBK being the best of all time, would, like, send out shots fired like an ants train? It. Absolutely. And I'm telling you, I, I don't know what it like sparked in us, but we were kind of going back and forth. But it was, you know, it was all in good nature, um, except for Dustin, who just tends to get a little uh, <laughs> hyperbolic, if you will. I, I will say one of the funniest comments was for him, though, because uh, Joel was saying, Joel, that CM Punk... I believe that's who we were talking about. With yeah. we have to um, recognize his prior to WWE stuff, and he was saying that uh, maybe like an Ichiro or a Matsui, <laughs> and Dustin <laughs> came out saying uh, Eric Thames at best, which I, th- I thought that was the funniest comment. Uh, but the I wanted so I was all excited. You know, I don't know why I got so excited about this conversation, but it was. Coming back and forth, seeing what everybody said, and it was like 10, 30. I was I was going to bed. Um, we kind of got a new sleeping arrangement where I'm in with Max. Lights are off. My phone is plugged in, so I, I can't even reach it. And at this point, it was just a conversation between like three or four of us about our Mount Rushmores, right? You know, kind of a typical typical conversation. Um, there was some agreements about our top three, I believe, and then the fourth was a bit of a wild card. So I think that we were all, you know, kind of along the same lines. Maybe it's dwindling down. I didn't expect anything to continue. Maybe, maybe like Zach or something, or I don't think, um, chime in from a Zach or someone who hadn't been in the conversation as much. Right. And then we come, come Monday, not only has the top, what, 32 been ranked. Yep. They've been put in a bracket into a PDF bracket already matchup set by Sammy Swolak. What is going on here? Like mind blowing, fantastic quality out of you. What in the world got you motivated to do this? I mean, I feel like I kind of actually blowed my own mind because when I actually was done, I was like, did I actually put something together to benefit this league and this group? And I mean, I was surprised at how, how much of a hit it was the next morning and quite surprised. And, uh, I mean, I can't believe we got so hung up on one individual matchup for as long as we did, but, uh, Hey, a good debate during these times can't hurt. you. Know? Tell me how you came up with this. So, I mean, we were talking about it all night and I kind of just, I was like, man, someone made a comment. I think it was either 
I think it was Joel that said that we should have a bracket, and I was like, done. It's like, I'm not doing anything better right now. So I, like, found online just, like, a, uh, a PDF of a bracket, and I just went through and just ranked them how I see fit, and then uh, decided to kind of spread it out to everyone, see what everyone else thought. Um, obviously, there's going to be some debate, and at this time, what, what better than a little debating? I think that's what our group is good for, you know? I agree. And, you know, as I said earlier, like, I think this might be the best debate just because there's no hostility. It's just more of actual discussion, which is we're usually not so good at. You know, usually there's some mocking. There's uh, people that might have started drinking at 9 a.m. and we're having this conversation at like 7 p.m. You know, things like that that kind of, you know, potentially drag down and there's no moonbeam to serve us alcohol so um the only person the only people i can see being upset about this are eric and uh maddie when they woke up the next morning and had 300 plus text messages um they might have gone over their limits and not even responded to one that's good stuff i mean that is good stuff um yeah we were wondering when princey was going to actually crawl out of bed and respond to us uh Princey, not too big of a wrestling guy, though. Didn't have any input there, right? I don't think he had too much input, no. I, I mean, maybe he's holding it back. Maybe he doesn't want us to judge his, his knowledge or lack thereof. But uh, I think the big guy could contribute a little bit had he thrown in some uh, some text here and there. So getting back into the nitty-gritty, there's 64 here, right? It's not actually 32, like I said. No, it is 32. Okay, I was giving yep. you credit where there was no credit due. <laughs> yeah. What, you think I could do 64? Jesus. Imagine if it said 32 team single elimination in big, bold letters on it. Um, <laughs> so you didn't even rank them on a piece of paper first? You just put them in a bracket? No, I, no. so I, I like looked up. I just kind of compiled a list of all the people and then kind of just penciled them in as I saw fit. And then like, if I, like at one point I was like, Actually, Roddy Roddy Piper to me is a little bit better than Daniel Bryan, so I like switched him oh. until I finally came up with it, and then just sent it out. Okay, that makes a whole lot more sense. I was like, "Oh my god!" And you created the <laughs> the matchups on the fly. Who are you? I'd also like to. I have a little confession here. I had no idea that you watched wrestling. I had no idea that you had any inkling of knowledge about wrestling. And you know what? It's funny. I was going to bring up the same point about you, my friend. See, I went to the first King of the Ring. You did? I did. That was the the King of the Ring with, uh, it was the Fatal 4-Way with yep. uh, Kane and The Rock and Stone Cold. Oh. Yeah, yeah, and Undertaker. Um, so I... Mine, you know, I was I was right in the Attitude Era. That's why I, I used... I went to SmackDown a handful of times. Um okay. So I saw King of the Ring live. I think that was my only um, pay-per-view. So the way I used to get started is, so I don't know if you remember, but back back in the day, there was, um, do you ever remember people having like the black box? It like allowed people to watch like HBO and all the pay-per-views for free. Yes, sir. Yeah. So my family had one of those. And uh, we used to steal everything. Like, every HBO, every pay-per-view, we used to tape everything. And my mom taped every single 
WWE, WWF pay-per-view probably from 1990 until, like, the government found out we had the box in, like, 1998 or something like that. So I had all of it for the longest time, watched every single pay-per-view of my family, and then, yeah, once the Attitude Era came in, I mean, sneaking upstairs to watch the TV at 9, 10 o'clock at night. So the... As mentioned, you having all this wrestling knowledge was surprising. The least surprising thing I've ever heard is that you and your family steal everything. Um, I, mean, I had to learn it from someone, right? You had to the the apple hasn't even like fallen off the tree. You're just a bunch of thieves. Um, I like to think of it as my parents <laughs> showing me the true way of life. Uh, well, I also have a black box story believe it or not. Um, this will probably bring up some nostalgia for Zach and Wally. We used to go over to Rusty Drew's house. Do you know oh, of yeah. Rusty Drew? Yeah. Um, he used to live right next to the high school. So we spent like pretty much all of our high school days after school, during school. Um, and he had a black box and we watched every pay-per-view over there. So we were stealing at the same time, but it was someone else stealing. So that makes me better than you oh i i guess so so uh now that we've uh figured out how you put this together this this absolute mona lisa here um let's take a or no we'll take a step back i believe not only have you contributed this bracket but you incorporated the baseball league into this i have yes i have sir tell me sam uh, explain that so every single person in the league, well, minus a couple, I actually didn't put like Travis and uh, Adam because I don't, I probably could have, but uh, I think 10 out of the 12 people are, I related who they are as a baseball player to a WWE superstar on this list. Just ridiculous so, out of you, Sam. It, so... You know how they say when you uh, work out in the morning that it kind of gives you energy throughout the day and it really, you know, perks you up? What yep. in the world perked you up here? Like, what what sprung Sammy Swolak into action here? You know, once I did this and then I was like, how can I? And then I knew I was going to come on the pod. I realized that I needed to contribute a little bit more. Everyone else has kind of done some stuff, so... I thought I would relate it back to the league, you know, give a tie-in from us because we're missing baseball right now. So a little reprieved, maybe. So, uh, And then um, another thing I also did is I put everyone in the league into factions as well. I, you know, I think when Dustin hears this, there's going to be a tear going down his face. I, I think the happiness, Ridge is going to walk over to him and wipe it away. I mean... Until he finds out who he who is going to be on on my list, he might not. He, he might turn to anger. I hope it's Dink the Clown. <laughs> that's that's the little one, right? <laughs> Sammy, I got I got this for you. This is for you. This all you, Sammy. Can you think of a better entrance? You know, did you see, you, you see 
entrance where he comes down from uh, the zip line all the way down to that, and he's got the flashy ass chaps. Ugh, that's sex. That is sexiness. It absolutely is. He dripped it. He dripped it. Of course. And I'm just saying that as good as Shawn Michaels ever was in the WWE and F, I hate WWE, um, you killed it equally here, buddy. And I, you know, I just want to give you a, a verbal high five again. Just good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Let's dive into this beauty. Um, we're going to look at the top left. If you are following along on the pod, um, that is the Stone Cold region. It uh, looks like we got Stone Cold as the one. Um, Scene is going to be the two. And then, so we got Brock. And then the bottom, the 32 is Roman Reigns. So he gets the, he was the playing guy. And he, or, this has got our Mick Foley versus CM Punk matchup in it too. Which You know, and everyone's going to get all my shit, but I actually put Mick Foley over on this one. <laughs> You know, I, 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 I actually spent a, a lot of time on this, probably like 30, 35 seconds on this one, you know. Um, it really br- ran it back in my brain. I think my points that I made about CM Punk being better than everyone gives credit for was factual. But Mick Foley, come on. I mean, he, he's a legend. He, you, you know when you're... Um, talking about any sports, right? You kind of have to have that defining moment, right? You can be, you can be the big sports stud. Um, you can put up all the numbers for all these years, but they always have that one big moment, and it doesn't matter. Like the Rock, it doesn't matter. Um, one in the last thirty years, you watched wrestling. You can name the Hell in the Cell, and exactly him getting thrown off. But, exactly. And that moment is just so big. And uh, another confession for me, um, I'm a uh, little bit older um, than most of the audience here. Not quite as old as the big gay one. But um, so the reason that I like Bret Hart is because he was, you know, more the early 90s, mid 90s there, right mm-hmm. before the Attitude Era. And after the Attitude Era, I kind of fell off. So... There is an admitted ignorance of CM Punk that I don't think that he necessarily transcends, you know, as much as some of these other guys do. And that's kind of my only argument against him. I agree. I think I watched it a little bit more than most people did at that time. And he was the main guy. And again, it wasn't the best time in the WWE. By no means, but he held the belt for a very long stretch of time. He was, I mean, I think like he he made a event at WrestleMania like two or three times in that three year stretch. So I think that um, it might have been a little short lived, but the reign was very high. Yeah, I think when I had read it, um, I think it's the sixth longest of all time, something around there, um, and. I also wanted to note, I had mentioned to you before we went on that uh, I have the top 50 superstars of all time, as as said by the WWE, right? So that should be semi-official. Yep. And they left off CM Punk, which obviously is some sour, <laughs> some sour grapes. 
right? Because I think they had a little falling out. I do. I think that they have mended the fences a little bit. Cause so I, he's back working for them right now. Now, I had read that, but I heard it was kind of like he was working for Fox it, and getting paid. Yeah, he works for WWE Backstage, which is the Fox like after show kind of talk show about the WWE. But I mean, it's still WWE, and there's a lot of rumblings about him coming back to be in the next WrestleMania. Okay. So... But, that's our big matchup here, right? Anything else here that you're you're thinking isn't chalk? No, I mean a couple points here. I mean, you just, you're muffling a little bit. Oh, sorry. A couple points here. I think it's. Um, I mean, I think Lesnar is a much bigger has longevity than even any of us realize. He's been like the champion again for a long time, and uh, I think. I think he's going to go further in this bracket than a lot of people think, just because when you really think about him, he's been the champion for like three or four years straight, never loses every pay-per-view. He's, uh, I think, I think when it's all said and done, Lesnar's going to be a lot higher on the all-time greats than people think he is right now. He, he's just a monster, right? I mean, in the, in the UFC, he was super successful and, if it wasn't for health, we might have seen like one of the most dominating like human beings ever, right? Yeah. Um, you know, again, what any comments that I make of post attitude era is might not be the best um, opinion. Not as much as someone who's watched like you, but I'm not afraid to throw out an opinion. I feel like Roman Reigns is like the the homeless version of John Cena. So it's interesting they're in the same bracket. And what I mean by that is. Like, WWE just, like, forced these guys down your throat. Like, these are manufactured superstars. John Cena seems to be, he's overcome it because he kind of has a good personality. He's just kind of like your Justin Bieber almost. Like, he, you know, just the old school, white, jacked guy who always wins. But I, I don't, Roman Reigns, no matter what they do, I, I just, I just never saw it. And I have a real hard time looking back at the history of WWE and thinking he's a top 32 guy. So, agree. I, I think for someone that supposedly hasn't been that in tune with it, you're, you hit the nail on the head right there, buddy. Uh, Roman Reigns is the only reason that he's as big as he is again right now and people don't hate him is because of the whole uh, cancer thing coming back and, you know, because he was getting booed before that. And then he took some time off, and now people kind of, I think they opened his eyes because he missed time, and they're like, wow, we actually might like this guy. Um, so he left for a little while. Um, and I think that that helped him because you're right. They were pushing down everyone's throat way too much. Um, same with Cena, but somehow Cena's little quirkiness prevailed, you know? Yeah. I think Cena was much better on the mic than Roman Reigns ever could be, and that's that that's Roman Reigns' downfall to me. Plus, his only move is a big super punch in. Who's really falling for that? So, two points. I well, three points. Let me. Uh, so let's call what I have for wrestling knowledge sports center knowledge. And what okay. I mean by that is, you know, back in the day when you know you woke up, I would wake up at Zach's dad's house. We would watch 
you know, Sports Center on repeat for the first three hours on Sunday morning, right? Three yeah. and a half hours. And so, like, I could just tell you how good Jimmy Johnson was for a NASCAR driver. You know, I could tell you who was in the NHL playoffs and who had a sick goal the night before. For wrestling, I still, I don't watch it. Like, I, I flicked it on a couple times, but I don't really, like, I'm not invested, so I don't really pay attention that much. But I'll read an article on, like, The Ringer or something if they have some type of opinion about it. So we'll say that I have sports center knowledge. It's semi-following. Yeah, good enough. Good enough. Is there any, we got any baseball comparisons in this bracket? Uh, we do have a couple. Let me uh, let me bring it back up. So let me start by saying, you, my friend, did not make this 32 list of people on here. Shots fired. Shots, you, just shots fired. Well, you, my friend, have been, to me, our Mr. McMahon. Ooh, I you like. You oversee the whole baseball operation. You have... You are kind of like the CEO of it. Um, we haven't played this year's league, so technically you're still kind of the commish or the the last commish around. So, to me, my friend, you're like a McMahon. Uh, McMahon's won the championship before. McMahon has fought all the top guys. And McMahon has himself some opinions. <laughs> yeah, I accept. I, I mean, I accept. I was hoping you had kind of given me a preview and said that uh, that some people were not. I'm not sure if it was some people or not, or I was not. Um, so I was hoping that Vinnie Mac was where you're going and, you know, not the aforementioned Dink the Clown. Oh, no. But, so, another person who, there's actually two more people in this region that have made my list of who they compare to. I believe that Mr. Ants reminds me Uh-oh. of of Mick Foley. Ooh. You know, the guy changes characters more times than Mick Foley does <laughs> with his And he's not afraid of the oh shit moment, kind of like being thrown off of cage. So he's gone from one team start of the year to a completely different team three weeks later to a different team. Kind of like Mick Foley going from Cactus Jack to... Dude Love. To Dude Love. I like it. I, I You know, I, I, I was... You look at the list because you're like, Ants looks like... And I'm like, oh boy, where's Taylor Rogers? Um, and yeah, I like it. I, I like where you're going there. What else you got for me? All right. So, you know, I said I was going to make him cry, but... I think Dustin might actually get a semi when I tell him this. I think that Dustin reminds me a little Stone Cold. Okay? No. Not only has Dustin won the championship, I think the most, right? Uh, Well, no. Everybody has two, I think, right? Everyone has two? Okay. Well, But he's been in the... Okay. Either way. But the main fact why he's Stone Cold isn't for the championships... It's because he pisses Vince McMahon off more than anyone else. There's <laughs> no question. <laughs> no question. Stone Cold challenged the establishment more than anyone else. And the establishment being Vince McMahon as commissioner. No question. So, for that reason, 
reason and, and for no other reason. That is why Dustin is Stone Cold. Look, I got... Hold on a second. Listen. You're about to hand this man, The Undertaker, a championship match after Backlash. After Backlash. Why? Because he deserves it. Because he's got that stupid bandana. Those stupid gloves. Does he scare you? Why? I want to know why. Because you ride that stupid bike. <laughs> I just thought it was a funny little uh it got a little stone cold in there and it made fun of Taker. So I yeah, I Dustin's going to be pretty excited about that comparison and the explanation is just next level. That that's good stuff. That that's good stuff, Sam. And I have one more uh because well, we got I'm Cena. I find it funny that Stone Cold has to face McFoley in the round 2. Uh that's pretty much yeah. in line step toe with with the league yeah yeah <laughs> yeah those two those two sparring is certainly uh it's it's short they, they have a short fuse if you uh get my high jokes um and since we got cena i got a little cut here too um from my number one guy in the bracket The Rock is just just next level on the mic. Uh, is it? I, I don't think it's debatable that there was anyone better on the mic than him. God, it's just so good. He's just when he got into just ripping someone apart. It, it, it didn't matter if it was your favorite guy. It, it just didn't matter. He was coming out with something classic, and you were gonna love it, fan or and, not. And no matter how many times you hear. If you smell la, 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 <laughs> what the rock is cooking, it never got old. Now, opening up a different debate, um, one for another day, his finishing move. How did we let the Attitude Era's version of the Hulk Hogan leg drop go on one of the greatest uh, you know, athletes, wrestlers of all time? And just let him get away with the people's elbow. That was so bad. So bad. And, and not only that, but it carried on to Cena then stole it with the You Can't See Me, which actually might be just as bad. But uh, you're right. Um, the people's elbow, for a guy that great to have that in his repertoire was kind of sad. Um. I'm going to take a step out and just, the reason the Attitude Era was so good is because it just personified, you know, the 90s, the late 90s especially, where like everything was excess, you know, and that's that's why guys like the Stone Cold Rock and even the WWE or F in general was so amazing because there was so much violence and blood and just complete way blown out everything like there's bra and panties matches there's it just none of it made any sense like on paper but on tv it was just the greatest show you know around and it was just you know in the era of like real world and 
like everybody in the '90s just kind of going for it. You got like Marilyn Manson, and you got these um, over-the-top rap artists and stuff. And the WWE just really soaked it all in. Like their writers at that time were just like, you know what? We're we're just gonna give everybody a chance to like someone right now. And The Rock, great talker, just you know, as we mentioned, just can verbally beat anybody down. And then he drops an elbow on you, and you're done. Like, could, could you imagine going back to that? Someone writing a a scene where a wrestler breaks into another, into the owner of the company's hospital bed and hits him over the head with a piss pan. <laughs> it, it would be so dumb nowadays, right? We would just like roll our eyes. But back, it was just so good. Back in the day, that was. Oh, we got a Max going. Hey, can you say hi to the guys? Say hi. Hey, Max. Oh, can you say hi? Max, what what, uh, weight dumbbells did you bring your dad right now? 15 pounds now? Oh, he found my pen, so he wants to do some coloring. Max, who am I? Who am I? Max, who's this? Who's this? Hi, Corinne. Hey, Sam. So I will say that I had always thought that Amelia was the most active young young person I'd ever seen until I saw Max and met Max. And he made Amelia look like she was standing still the entire day. <laughs> yeah, dude's got some energy. Thankfully, we have a pretty open floor plan, so he can just get on that little ride-on thing and just push it or be pushed and kind of wear himself out a little bit. We came upstairs because he was falling asleep on the couch. He hasn't stopped sprinting that since we got we up the stairs. We had the little uh, the get together down in Manchester, and I mean, I don't think he saw a single exhibit, but he went to each one twenty times. Yeah, he circled back to that bubble section like fifteen times. We're like, yes, we've seen the bubbles, and now he's he's just closing up our office. Just came in for a visit. You going to bed, buddy? All right, back back to business. Back to business. All right. Let's go to the number two seed bracket here. It's the top right. Um, I realize that if you're not following on the bracket and you are, say, listening in the car, like uh, maybe Zach, I don't know who listens to this in the car, um, you wouldn't be able to see the bracket. Let me just rip through them real quick. The Rock is the top seed here going against uh, Scott Hall, a.k.a. Razor Ramon. Um, Sting and Jericho is another one of those just enormous matches. This bracket, I believe, I sent to the um, to the group that was just the bracket of death. Another first round match is Triple H and Edge. I, I agree. And then somehow Bret Hart and Ultimate Warrior seems like the biggest mismatch. And I think there's going to be some people that say Ultimate Warrior. So breaking news: this guy did. <laughs> I feel like Bret Hart's just not getting any respect in this group. You know, after I filled it out, I kind of was like, Bret Hart, I think he had such a, a bad breakup with the company that it kind of put a sour a sour taste in everyone's mouth that followed it back then. You know, it was kind of like, he was the top guy, he got screwed, and he was gone. You know, so 
it's hard to remember all the good stuff that he did before and how good of a wrestler he actually was. Like he was like one of the best in ring technical wrestlers there's ever been by far. And to put it in perspective, CM Punk got left off the top 50 list, the quote unquote official one by WWE. They have him number four overall. Bret Hart? Yeah. Yeah, it's a little making up that they're trying to do it there. Yeah, they're trying to kiss Bret Hart's yeah. ass from 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, another one that I will say here is, I, I mean, Scott Hall. Who didn't, a little Razor Ramon, he was, before I really fell in love with that, with HBK as much as I did, I think Razor Ramon, that ladder match he had, um, was epic and i loved his finishing move the razor's edge yeah no no question you're the bad guy man yeah you uh, yeah he, yeah i mean with the toothpick and the slick back hair is like it's either you hated him or you love the guy and i prefer the latter yeah i feel like he's like uh what we call now an anti-hero you know like he was the bad guy but you liked him as the bad guy yeah and, and the the funny thing watching wrestling is uh, even when they're supposed to be a heel and then they become fan favorites, watch it, you know, seeing the struggle of, but he's a bad guy, but everybody loves him. You know, it, it, the writing is gets challenged there because everybody's cheering for the guy and then you can't put him against a good guy. You have to put the bad guy against the bad guy, which screws up all the writing. So, but yeah, he's definitely one of those guys. I Imagine The Rock and Razor Ramon in their primes looking at each other in the in the ring that good that'd be good stuff i do like it anything here that you're seeing upsets uh i mean sting and jericho is kind of a, a t- toss-up so, to me i had a little bit of problem once i finished the bracket i really thought about sting sting wasn't really a wwe guy really ever that much he was more of like ecw um and he kind of snuck into this bracket, which was more East, uh, WWE for me. But um, that, I don't think I followed Sting nearly as much as any other wrestler on here just because he wasn't as prevalent in WWE. So I, ha- I had Jericho beating him just because I think Jericho had a pretty good run with the WWE. He had another lot of characters. But um, the, the, the bottom of this bracket is, is Murder's Row. I mean... Any of those guys can come out of here. Um, I, I, I tend to think Triple H is longevity. He's a great wrestler, and guy has had some of the best entrances I've ever seen. Yeah, no question. Um, and I, I was kind of chuckling to myself thinking of Edge when he came in. He came in with the ministry, right? Him and yep. Christian. That's good with, stuff. Yeah. I mean, that it's you get to see guys come out of those you know those baby factions you know right how they ease them in back in the day it's kind of like the triple a almost you could you could kind of bring someone up and see how people liked them before they broke off maybe it was like a boy band almost uh going back to sting versus chris jericho i almost feel like these guys are versions of one another do you remember the y2k or y2j rather when they brought in chris jericho and how many months did they give us that hype right i feel like that was what they did with sting with um when he came over from wcw but he was more of like a figure 
You know what I'm saying? Like, they were like, oh my God, he's coming, he's coming. I feel like Chris Jericho had a better in-ring uh, uh, career for WWF, certainly. But I feel like they both had that um, like mystique to them when they first came in. So it, it's funny seeing the, the two teams. It's kind of like the NCAA when you're like, wow, both these teams just shoot threes and don't play yeah. any defense. So it's, you know, good luck trying to figure out who's going to win that one. I mean, you just close your eyes and pencil one in, you know? Yeah, I, I think I I was a big Jericho guy for a while. Um, over at Rusty Drew's, the aforementioned house, I, I threw a couple guys into the lion tamer. I, I used to give a pretty mean lion tamer. And when you sit one of those things in with your knee, like in the lower back, like that's dangerous. Like these yeah. these moves, man. I mean, I may- mean, he sunk it in too. He, he leans way back. Maybe that's why. Like you have like the rock with the people's elbow is maybe they were just thinking, you know, about the 180 pound bruisers in high school that are just going to just destroy each other. So they had to like get a little dancing elbow drop in there to uh, reduce liability. Well, the thing, the thing too, with the rock and the people's elbow is I think it's more everything the rock ever did was dramatic. And the way that he runs and hits the ropes and then slowly goes up to the guy and just builds it up so dramatically that by the time he hits it, everyone's like, oh, I mean, you think it would get old. But everyone everyone that is in the arena still gasps every single time he hits the elbow at the end. But tell me, thinking about the people's elbow, you don't smile. I'm, sit- oh, I'm sitting here with a smile. You know, when he, the best part about the whole thing is is when the person's laying down and he kicks their their arms in to make them pushed up against their body for no reason. <laughs> it's good stuff. It's good stuff, man. This is Nostalgia Podcast. I, I can only imagine. I, I'm going to listen to this one back because I'm just sitting here with a big stupid grin in my office just having a good time, man. This is this is awesome. I thank you. Um, I'm uh, I, Back to being Vince McMahon, props about probably being the only one in the group with an office. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I like to, uh, you know, the work hard, play hard type deal. Um, I, I like to have the, you know, kind of businessman in the, in, during the day and kind of like stripper at night deal. I, I like to, I have the accountant side of me that, you know, kind of leaks in to baseball and st- the organization stuff. But I like to... You know, I have my very professional side, and then I, I like to let the hair down. Uh, speaking of which, this boy has got some long hair right now. It's coming back, and it is fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, anybody in this bracket um, fit in your baseball theme? Yeah. So, unfortunately, when I was doing this, I really couldn't think of anything better for Joel than Triple H. One, the guy's got a man crush on him. But... Triple H also has been the champion multiple times, has had longevity. But not only that, he is currently the CEO, technically, of um, their new show. Um, uh, Jesus, I can't even think of it off the top of my head. Um, on Wednesday night, there. Um, I mean, you're not going to get it from me. <laughs> I watch it every single week, and I should know. Uh, NXT. Sorry. He runs NXT. So, 
kind of following suit where he is taking over as commissioner here. I honestly think he's being bred to someday take over Vince McMahon's role. I know Shane's there and everything, but uh, I think Triple H is honestly going to be the next in line to be the official title holder by when it's all said and done. He's creatively has it as Joel is very good creatively. Um, Joel's very good at taking pen and paper and making plans as we saw with, I didn't see him, but I guess on Facebook he posted itineraries and stuff like that, which is always great. And so, uh, yeah, I think Triple H suits him very well. Guy loves him. He's he's built, so can't go wrong there. Yeah, it's pretty vanilla. I'm not going to lie. Um, I, I mean, it's the obvious connection. I, I agree. When I was doing this, I, I thought about it. He's probably the only non-obvious one out there. Um, like the next one I have in this, who pulled an upset over your Bret Hart, I think of uh, the Ultimate Warrior, and for some reason Eric stood out here. You know, uh, he's the Ultimate Warrior is considered one of the best of all time, but he's actually only won the championship one time. Sound familiar? <laughs> I I just <laughs> I hope that you have more than just that because I just comparing. Princey, so, you know, we, we love we love our, our EZP, right? But, I mean, with the nickname like Moose, he's a little, you know, he's a little bigger guy. He's a little slower guy. I I don't know about the guy that I met, remember in neon biceps stripes, you know, and streamers sprinting to the ring and just, just you know, I'm... No one can see me right now, of course, but, you know, grabbing the ropes and just shaking them like crazy. I'm having a tough time putting Princey in there. I agree physically. There's a slight difference. (laughs) Slight. But when it comes to baseball, I mean, the Ultimate War held the championship for 293 days, which I think might be the exact same amount of time Eric held the championship for. Ooh. Ooh. That's good. You're probably off by about a... I mean, yeah, I, I, I can see where you might think uh, they all don't match up. And again, my uh, these are just for interpretation. They're only mine. I'm sure they will be debated for weeks to come as everyone hears them. But uh, baseball-wise, I thought Eric reminded me of the Ultimate Warrior. Um, I accept. Real quick, getting back to it, on the previous... Uh, bracket. I forgot to mention that the one and only Jake the Snake Uh-oh. actually remind me of um, one Mr. Z Hall. Ooh, um, I like it. Been around forever, <laughs> but never won the championship. Ooh, Jake never won the championship, huh? No, Jake the Snake was never a champion. Can I can I step in for a second? So yeah. I'm looking at the. At the all-time top 50 by WWE here. And what it does is it lists out, let's say, like it has uh, Kurt Angle on here. It says four-time WWF, WWE champion, has all his other things. And then occasionally it has like, and it says in all caps, no accomplishments. (laughs) (laughs) Granted, he's number 39 overall, all-time. But it says, just dash in all caps, no accomplishments. <laughs> uh, Zach, we're not making fun of you. We're laughing with you, buddy. 
Yes. I mean, I would, I would admit Jake the Snake Roberts would probably be the person on the list that would listen to this pod while taking a shit, which is probably what Zach is doing as we speak. Maybe both while we record it and while he listens to it. Yeah. A, a, a double pouple. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. We're good there? We're good to move on? All right, so now we're going to move down a bracket. Um, This has your boy HBK as the top guy uh, facing the Million Dollar Man in his matchup. Um, The number two guy in this bracket is number six overall is Ric Flair, who Wally pulled out. You know, it's the fun thing about um, debating things without instantly hopping on Google is you kind of just see who pops to your mind, right? And yep. it's, it's funny how no one had mentioned Ric Flair, even though certainly one of the more accomplished um, all time. Oh, definitely. That Ric Flair was Shawn Michaels before Shawn Michaels was Shawn Michaels. So it was Wally pulling it out was one of those like, oh, shit, totally forgot about him. Um, so sure. he in there is the sixth seed. Um, he's going against Goldberg. Uh, Andre the Giant is a big name. Big person going against a little guy, Daniel Bryan. Uh, and then we got Roddy. That's some in-depth analysis right there. Big Ben, Roddy, Rowdy Roddy Piper versus Kurt Angle. And, man, Kurt Angle burned bright. Like, these are two guys, Roddy Piper and Kurt Angle, who could work a mic. That, that's a good matchup right there. Kurt Angle was a lot more decorated as a WWE superstar than I think a lot of people think too. He had, he was around for a long time and he he won a lot of championships. He I mean God, when he twisted someone's ankle, I thought it was breaking every single time. Um, not only that, but the uh, the vein on his fo- on his forehead looked like it was going to pop every single time he twisted someone's leg or ankle, I should say. The what, one of the things I really liked about Kurt Angle is he kind of had the Peyton Manning sense of humor. You know what I'm saying? Where he's like the golden boy, but he would like play off of it. I, I just thought Kurt Angle was a genius in how he, you know, he's the all-American. And then he'd just be incredulous that people would boo him or anything like that. It, definitely a favorite of mine. I, not a favorite like when I was watching him, but I have a fondness looking back. So I don't even think you realize how good of a point you just made because Kurt Angle actually became like the the general manager at the time. And he was looking back on it now that you made the point about um, about Peyton Manning. He did have a Peyton Manning because he was very um, like jokingly, like after he retired, like Peyton Manning's made all these commercials as a general manager, Kurt Angle wasn't like used as like this strong, like I'm gonna beat you up type guy. It was more of a funny type of um, over the top character, kind of like Peyton is sometimes in his commercials. So now that we're talking about um, quarterbacks, how do you feel about Tom Brady being funny in Tampa? I love it. I, I almost feel like I am more of a Tom Brady fan now than I was before, and I want him to win the Super Bowl next year even more than I want the Patriots to. And I know that's a weird feeling, but I think that I already miss him. So my first thought was, you know, 
people, non-Patriots fans, for years have been kind of saying, you only like them when they're winning, right? And then when Tom Brady leaves, they're like, well, then you have to stick to the Patriots. You guys are stuck with them now, and you have to stay there. You can't just follow Tom Brady. That's not how it works. And then I look in my closet, and I have seven different jerseys or something of Terrell Owens for every team he went to. And I saw him play live for all those teams. Man, you do you. You enjoy your Tom Brady, your your Tompra, Tompra Bay, Tom, yeah, Tompa Bay. Tompa Bay, yeah. Um, and not the, not the best thing he's done since leaving. But. And I am just rooting for Tompa Bay to come to San Fran in the playoffs next year. That's all I want to see. That would be good. I actually read an article today that kind of ties in where Danny Woodhead did an interview and he said like for a couple of years after being leaving the Patriots, he felt like he couldn't talk about the Patriots or he didn't even open up when giving interviews because he thought Bill Belichick was always going to come back and get him. Like not in like a sense of like getting him back on the Patriots, but like would go out to hurt his career. Now, I don't necessarily think Brady felt feels that way now, but I think just allowed to be more him. Able to breathe a little bit? Yeah. Anything, uh, what's this bracket look like to you? Anything surprises? What do you, um, so. I mean, after, uh, after 325 texts, I think everyone in this group chat and maybe listening here knows where I stand in this bracket, that HBK is my guy um i actually have him facing off at flair in the final eight and i think that in their primes that would have been a matchup and they are both like i said before flair was hbk before hbk was hbk but um flash alert there are a couple people in this bracket that remind me of baseball players and i will say the first one actually i'm sorry i think that there's only one and it's me. <laughs> let, let, let me ask you, Sarah. Who do you think in this group I compare myself to? Ah, well, you know, I would have been much happier if you were Jake the Snake. Like, if you were had like a, if, if you were going to put yourself as some wrestler that, you know, cheats to get, a, get the advantage. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That was a good one. Um, so I, I really wish that there was some guy that just like poked people in the eyes or, you know, had the, uh, manager that always interfered. Um, but it's hard to, it's, I, I can't cheat at baseball cause that's, uh, that's true. That's no. true. Um, let me see here. Let's go with Daniel Bryan and the underdog part that no one thinks that, uh, he's going to win, but he had a. Better career than people expected, and one more than people actually think. So I would, uh, I appreciate that. Thank you for thinking so highly of me. I actually went with Roddy Roddy Piper for myself. The reason being, Roddy Roddy Piper was a loud mouth, as loud as it gets. I make bets all the time on baseball, most of the time that I lose. Roddy Roddy Piper was a loud mouth, just screaming into the mic all the time. And again, he never won the championship. That's crazy, this, right? Crazy. Um, looking at his accomplishments, I got one-time Intercontinental champ, one-time tag team champ. 
How about a quick trivia? Who is his tag team partner? Um, it wasn't Jake the Snake, was it? Ric Flair. Yeah. How Joel's probably going to laugh and be like, oh, kid doesn't know anything about wrestling. <laughs> I like, so, like, obviously the titles are a big deal. Some of the titles are a little bit more impressive than others, like like the hardcore title. Although, it was a pretty aggressive title at one time. It just doesn't yeah. mean as much. This website from Bleacher Report puts how many Slammy Awards they won. Oh, like, boy. I don't, I don't know if there's anything I could care less about than uh, how many time Slammy Award winner they are. <laughs> uh, actually, so I, I do like I tend to make a lot of uh, on draft night. I tend to get a little loud. I kind of yell like Roddy Piper and. Uh, kind of make bets and you know he had the one intercontinental championship that he was probably pretty proud of i was pretty proud that year that i bet everyone in the league i would make the playoffs and that was about my peak so we got that in, in common there you go there you go um for some reason i mean i probably could have had natty as roddy roddy piper because he tended to, to spit in people's faces a lot because he got so excited but uh I hope we had Natty as the Million Dollar Man. Ooh. Ooh. So, the Million Dollar Man, um, also, I I may be wrong, but I don't think he ever won the championship. He had a few title shots, as in last year, and he was so desperate to win that he made his own belt. One-time WWF champion. Yeah. Two-time uh, million-dollar champion. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, more trivia time. I should have been doing trivia this whole time. I'm glad that you didn't because I might be exposed. Three-time WWF World Tag Team Champion with one of the greatest acronym names in WWE history. If you don't so, get this, you're really going to be upset at yourself. So, wait, you... What did you just say? I'm sorry, I kind of cut out for a second. So, he his tag team partner was one of the greatest acronym names of all time. Um, do you not know what an acronym is? I can't explain that, or I'll, I'll give it away. Please do. So, an acronym is like it. It's like uh, uh like NASA. Okay. Yeah. That NASA is a it, it's. Four words that they break out so you can say it. I, I, I didn't know what it was, but I, I wanted to see you uh, tell me. Um, <laughs> oh, Sammy. I was going to say the IRS man, but that's not right. Erwin R. Scheister. Yes. <laughs> I'll give it to you. I remember the the I, I remember that being around because they, they kind of, you know, went together, the Million Dollar Man and yeah, for sure. No, I'll definitely give that to you. All right. So, I, I will admit that I think Natty is my weakest um, who they match up to. I, I couldn't really think of him that much. Not that Natty's been particularly active recently, unless it's memes. But uh, I don't even think he read any of the messages in this whole thread. <laughs> That's probably true. I think he's still trying to um, be somewhat funny about not working out. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we got the final bracket. Uh, let me let me check the time check on here. 
we're just about at the hour mark. This, I mean, this is doing work right here. This is this is good okay. stuff, Sammy. Um, I think this is gonna bring up some good debate. Um, the round table is gonna be real interesting. I might have to like warden off like a weekend to let these guys uh, get everything they want to say out. Uh, so let's get into this final bracket, um, and then we'll talk about some factions and. Uh, We'll go over this top 50 list real quick just to see if there's some uh, snubs. All right. And then so, um, you can defend any of those or you can you can leave us however you want. All right? All right. Uh, this last bracket real quickly, I had Hulk kind of running things until he met Undertaker. Um, you know, I know Hulk Hogan for everyone pretty much is on the Mount Rushmore and for what he did to start wrestling, can never really be forgotten or undone, but he just never did it for me. I mean, the leg drop was, I mean, not my favorite, and he picked guys up and suplexed them. So, again, not taking away the pass, but he was never my Mount Rushmore. Sammy. When it comes crashing down and it hurts inside. Oh, come on. This this is America personified, my man. Hulkamania. I don't know what's going What you going to do when Hulkamania runs wild on you? He, the dude was bigger than wrestling. With I, I, I get that, but I never understood how he got so big. It's because he was the the charisma. He was, you know, the blue um, the blue blood, uh, lunch pale American, you know, with the big biceps. Just um, and that's why the leg drop worked for a guy like him is because it it's not some big fancy move, you know. It's just one it, guy. Won his matches the the right way, and you know he uh, Hulkamania, man. It's just it was a movement. Like this is I, he I he was, I was wrestling. Everything you're saying, he just never resonated. I mean, I loved him back then, but now that I think about all my years of watching it and everything, he just he's not the top for me anymore. I I I understand that he paved the way for everyone else, and without him. We probably wouldn't be doing this pod right now. But, I mean, the guy was bald like at 18. <laughs> I feel like um, Hulk Hogan, what you've done to him here, even though he's the number one seed in his bracket, I feel this is like when you make uh, Kentucky, you know, and they have five top 10 uh, recruits and they had a bad season and you make them like a six seed. And then they just go on to just dominate and win a championship. I feel like that's like what Hulk Hogan does in a bracket like this. Is you just unless you seat him at the top, you're gonna have a real hard time, honestly, you know, taking him down. And I actually think he has a soft bracket. If we're gonna we're gonna I, be honest, I agree. I think that this. I actually think the HBK bracket might be the softest in my opinion than this one. Because this one does have Undertaker, uh, Ricky Steamboat, I think is, I I think he did a lot for wrestling too. But Macho Man, 
And I'm not saying the Hulk made it to the Elite Eight for me, but I mean the Undertaker. I know Joel's getting all excited because he thinks he was the best for so long too. But <laughs> I think the Undertaker, for me, still does beat Hulk at in the final eight. So we'll go through the matchups real quick. We have Hogan versus Latino Heat. Man, Eddie Guerrero, rest in peace. That dude, he the dude had some charisma. He, he was one of those guys who was the bad guy that you just loved, right? He's he's kind of like the Razor Ramon. Thank you. Um, we got Macho Man versus Ricky Steamboat. Uh, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes? Yep. I mean, Dusty Rhodes actually... Him versus, he was an easy win for me over Orin. Um, the American Dream, he, uh, him versus Taker was actually a little bit tougher, but because um, Rhodes was very good back in the day. Um, and then we have uh, Taker versus Batista. Now, Batista, I mean, he's Goldberg without the streak, right? Yeah, I mean, Batista probably isn't really, he might not even be on this list. Uh, he might be one of the people that I regret. Maybe it's just recency bias because I just saw him. He's in a couple movies now, so I think he's kind of like, he's a poor man's John Cena. Yeah, I mean, even if I just saw Guardians of the Galaxy, I don't know that I'm going to put him on the top 32. <laughs> <laughs> Never seen it, but I still did, so maybe there's something wrong with me. But I agree, that was one that I had a, a little bit of reservation after I did it. You know, sometimes you get so excited, I finished this, I blasted it out, and I was like, hmm, maybe I should have proofread a little bit more. So, I'm just going to go through this top 50 real quick, just things that just, when they have them, just, I'm going to point it out, and then... You can defend, or maybe you can just say, whoops, I made a mistake, whatever you got. Dustin brought up uh, Rey Mysterio, right? To me, he doesn't, not really a big thing. WWE has him ninth. Wow. Again, a guy that was around for a long time, he's he's done a lot, great wrestler, but never really resonated with me. Never really, he was never, to me, like a believable champion whenever he won, you know? Just maybe because of his size. I know he was really good, high flying, could do some awesome moves that you're like, wow, that's pretty sweet. But when it came to actually being like the person holding the belt at the top of the mountain, never really resonated with me. Uh, at 15, we have Mr. Perfect. I kind of <laughs> feel, you know, I Mr. Perfect might have been an oversight, man. Yeah, uh, uh, maybe. I, I, another one, too, is uh, Lex Luger, too, could have been an oversight. For sure. Um, They have Jerry the King Lawler at 20. I'm not really feeling that. Um, What else we got here? Just trying to... um... While you were looking through that, I will say that the last person in the league that I have ranked is one Mr. Wally. He reminds me of a little rookie steamboat. Not only is he a throwback... But uh, Ricky Steamboat, although he never won the championship, I don't think, he was never the most glamorous, but he was also someone that no one ever wanted to face. And I always feel that way about Wally when I face him. (laughs) I always feel like I'm going to lose whenever I face Wally. You know, 
Wally's never bad, right? He's oh. just never got a bad team. So it, regardless, he's he's going to make smart moves. He's he's not going to really bury himself. He's not going to make uh, drastic trades. You know, he yeah. doesn't. He he's pretty even keel, and like you said, he's he's usually pretty successful. I, I mean, I always feel like the best I would ever beat him is maybe like six three one if I got if I had a, like an outstanding week, you know. Um, but most of the time, I felt like I was going in as an underdog. I mean, again, he's never won it, but he's also probably maybe on my top half out of the league of people I would not like to face in a given week. I mean, but then again, you are Daniel Bryan, the underdog. So number 40 on the list is the big show. I mean, I, big show, again, been all around forever, has done it all in WWE, but another one that just was never, nothing he did was believable to me. Like, he was just too big for everyone else. Like, just pick people up and drop them, and that's kind of all. He really wasn't. I mean, he can land on his ass, but he wasn't ever really agile to me. He just, again, I think that's more longevity than anything else. So you're giving Big Show the like Wilt Chamberlain. You're sure he has the big numbers and everything, but it doesn't. He the competition didn't really hold up, so his hundred point game is really like thirty five. Yeah, I mean, who? <laughs> It's hard to, like, put him into a matchup where you're like, okay, they're equal. You know, like, he's fighting someone that, like, looks like him, can fight like him. Like, when he fights someone like Kane, or, surprise, we haven't brought that up more by now. Oh, he's next. (laughs) Then they're they're right next to each other. But, uh, yeah, I just felt like, to me, he was just never as believable of a WWE superstar as... I, I would like him to have been. Now, what in the world does Kane have to do to get on a list that has Goldberg, Batista, Roman Reigns on it? Like, honestly, you can you can say that he's, you know, a red and black version of Undertaker, which, God forbid, you be a similar copy of a Mount Rushmore wrestler. But, go maybe it's because he was his brother. Maybe because I don't know. I just never took to the character. Um, I thought it was a good storyline at first, but I was never like overly thought like, "Wow, this guy was like the, one of the best wrestlers I've ever seen." Um, and then like when he joined like the corporation and stuff without his mask, I was like, oh, "This is kind of weird." I don't really like him in this role. I don't know. I just never. I don't know. He he is big. He does have a lot of power, but for some reason, for me, I just never thought he was that great. I mean, people are going to kill me for that. I know, but uh, I just I just never thought he was that great. So he's a nine-time world tag champion, and looking at it, he when he was the tag champion with the Hurricane. You remember <laughs> that guy? Yeah. And the the hurricane would pretend like he was about to do the choke slam. Do you remember that? Where yeah. he'd pull back the hand and then he'd go, but then he couldn't lift the guy. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> I, I, I feel like so the WWE maybe back in the day valued the tag team more than it did recently, and I feel like the tag team belts sometimes are given to people like Kane to keep them relevant 
when there isn't a big enough stage for them. Like, he wasn't good enough to be WWE champion, but he was. they still wanted to have relevancy, so they gave him the tag team belt. I don't know. That's kind of how I looked at it when the times when he had it. Look at his partners. None of them. I mean, he had a couple good ones, but again, he had a couple ones where you're like, yeah, they kind of just threw those two together, hodgepodge for a couple months, gave them the titles, and then. All right. Trivia then. We got one, two, three, four, five. He had six partners for those nine time uh, tag champions. Name me as many as you can. Um. Was he ever um, partners with his brother? I don't think he was. Twice. Twice, okay. I know he was partners with Daniel Bryan at one point. But they never won. They never won. Um, the Hurricane, which you said. Yep. Didn't he team up with um, the Big Show? Big Show. Okay. Um you're kind of missing the big one, the the one I thought. I mean, obviously Undertaker, but when I think of Kane as a tag team guy, X Pac. X Pac. Uh, X Pac is probably one of my top five favorite people of all time in the WWE, just for how outrageous he was. Just <laughs> ridiculous with that bucking bronco. <laughs> oh god! He like most dirtbag looking guy ever in the WWE, and just somehow made it work. All right, how about Jeff Hardy, man? Explain I, leaving this guy off. What? There's nothing you can say of all of your explanations of how you leave guys off. This guy's list takes up my entire page. I agree. Uh, uh, he he might be someone that I left off. I just he's won a lot, but when you say you were putting together this list, would he be one of the top thirty people that you thought of? Um, probably not. So it, it's weird. He like he's one of those guys that when you say his name, you're like, oh shit, what were we thinking? Of course, but he doesn't come to your mind while you're doing the list at first. That makes sense. It does, but I, I'm sorry to just keep picking on the same guys, but Roman Reigns and Batista, certainly in top fifty, I I wouldn't put them on there. As much as WWE loves Roman Reigns, they they don't even sniff this guy in this list. That's true. I, and again, Batista is definitely a <clears throat> an oversight by me looking back at it, but. The way that we've talked, how many people could have taken Batista's spot at this point? Five? Yeah. Um, And to be fair, uh, WWE has the Batista at 49. So, I mean, there's a discussion. Yeah. Um, All right. So, that's the whole top 50. Oh, you know what? I was thinking this was current. (laughs) This thing came out in November 21st, 2010. <laughs> <laughs> so are we going to rewind and restart the segment? No, nah, man. Anytime <laughs> that you can like strongly feel you know, encouraged by something that's 10 years old, you know that your knowledge is just bogus. So I, I accept that. Um, uh, ooh, number 47 is Bob Backlund. I have a Bob Backlund story. I, ooh. Yeah. So... 
I was at a house show, I believe it was, and I think it was in Manchester, but I'm not really sure. And Bob Backlund was going up. It was when, I mean, not when he was acting crazy because he was always crazy. I think he was trying to like run for president or something. Do you kind of remember that? Yeah. Well, so he he's coming up through the crowd and, I, you know, I don't know what I was thinking. I must have been like 14 or something, 15. He comes up and I just gave this guy like the the all-time chop on the chest. <laughs> Like, but not like, not like Ric Flair, like backhand across the chest. We're talking, I came in like a high five, but came down on his peck and just, just, we're talking smoked him, smoked him. And I'm not sure I've ever been so close that like, this guy was just about to kill me. And then like, thankfully something like triggered in his head that he's like, don't kill this kid. <laughs> he looked at me like I'll never forget the look that that dude did. And I was like, whoa, what? Next time you decide to do something like that, you know, think it through a couple times. Um, so I think that the places I used to go to the most um, for house shows, because I used to do them all the time, um, was uh, Lowell. Lowell had a lot of uh, house shows, and um, uh, where was Holy Cross? It's um, right at like the border of uh, it was Lowell and um, oh man, I forget one other place. Whatever, moving on. All right, but yeah. So let me. Let me play a little tune that we can all enjoy for a second, and then Sam's going to send us out with some factions. Are you ready? Oh, man, that's so sick. So So, sick. So sexy. Break it down for me, Sam. What do you got for our factions? Send us out. All right. So the first faction is the faction of Adam, Damer, and Travis. And hopefully they're not listening. Uh, (laughs) They are the New Day because they are a joke. Ooh, zing. Uh just uh not so much in in mean terms but um since they're all well i guess adam's been in the league for a while but you know i i feel like um i feel like i always have the upper hand against them i feel like uh they're kind of funny silly when i play them i feel like it's almost a week off i don't know if you've watched it anymore but they're throwing pancakes everywhere uh just more having fun than there to to win the title i have no idea who the new day are none look it up Will do. What's next? Uh, someone, someone that could have made the list also, Kofi Kingston, who is part of the New Day, but more of like the wrestler part of the New Day. Whatever. So next on my list, I have a family affair, Wally and Zach. They are the Wyatt family. <laughs> they are uh, both uh, grown men, little grizzly, little grizzly, both with the facial hair. You know, they are a family. 
So uh, I thought that would be a nice faction for them to be together. Okay, I could see it. Um, I could see, so, you know, I sorry to interject here. Um, I could also see the those the Hall brothers as maybe like the Dudley boys because that's I, a good one. I, that is a, those yeah. boys like to wrestle. Yeah, I, I I could definitely see that. Uh, I think that's actually probably better than mine. <laughs> sorry. Uh, well, now that I've been upended, I don't know if I should read the rest of these, but, uh, uh, well, you probably won't follow this one either, but, uh, me and Maddie are the Nexus. They are a bunch of the, uh, bottom of the line guys from, um, NXT that had to create a faction to try to make it in the big leagues. And since me and Maddie have never won, uh, I think we're kind of right there together. Yeah, I have no idea who the Nexus are. I got, oh. I got nothing. I got nothing. I, I accept. You could have just, you could have come, made that up, and I believe that fifty percent of the listeners of this podcast are going to take your word for it. All right. So, if the next I have, do you remember Evolution? Oh yeah. So I put together you, Eric, Joel, and Dustin being the long-standing members of the group who have all won the championship because at one point everyone in evolution had the championship is evolution the group that roman reigns and rollins came from is that no that um um oh man that's um hold on i'll tell you who was in evolution (laughs) um evolution was um um Triple H, Ric Flair, Batista, and um, Batista and Randy Orton at one point. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And the Shield is who you're thinking of. That's Roman Reigns, yeah. um, Seth Rollins, and um, uh, oh, it's never fun blanking out during the middle of a pod when you know everyone's listening. I was going to um, say that we are really finishing this one strong. Um. Everyone else knows who who we're talking about. Okay, keep going. All right, so, and to tell you the truth, I was also thinking about maybe Maddie and that, being as out, they're the four that were kind of the closest always before, but whatever. And then um, I put you and Ants as the corporation. I don't know if you remember them at all. Um, They went against the establishment kind of uh, out on their own. Uh, I know you and Ants text all the time, baseball-wise, life-wise. Um, and if there was ever going to be, I feel like, a faction in the league that existed, it would be between you two. Certainly see that. He can he can kind of be like my the X-Pac to my cane. <laughs> I also had Slash Degeneration X, uh, a little outlaws in the league. Um, Ants kind of doesn't give a shit what we all think with his trades, they make him happy. Thank, um, thank God he doesn't give a shit. Thank God yeah. he doesn't give a shit. You know? Jesus, 10.01, my friend. Where's yeah. the time gone? Are we done? You got all the factions? Uh, that's everyone, yeah. Well, let me thank you again, Sam. This We, we just put together an hour and 20 minutes of uh, a podcast that I'm sure... Is going to get rave reviews. Uh, the bracket is fantastic. 
Uh, I mean, we just went through it and it's literally like my job to take it apart and kind of laugh at you. And all I can do is just marvel at that you just pulled that together at 10 o'clock on a Sunday night and it's so solid. So bravo to you, man. Um, bravo to your knowledge. Um, we'll see what the round table comes up with, see what the peanut gallery thinks. Um, I hope that Dustin has some more Eric Thames zingers cause that that's an all timer for me. I'm really uh, hoping it's on a, uh, on a, on a cider night for, for Dustin. I mean, he says every other day, you know, during this whole pandemic thing, do days even exist? Are they really even a concept? No, it's, it, they're all intertwined at this point. Yeah. So I, I think he's really telling us he only drinks ciders on days that end in Y. <laughs> um, so thank you again. Uh, thank you yeah, for your, nobody. your, uh, first visit to the pod, right? Yeah, definitely. And you are welcome back whenever. Um, and you have yourself a good one, buddy. Uh, you too.